Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, April 6, 2023. I am Graham G.S. Matthews coming back from Los Angeles to CT mere days ago. Just kind of now getting back in the swing of things, regaining my voice. Uh, we have new episodes every single week, every single Thursday, usually. Um, aside from the special pay-per-view weekends like WrestleMania, Elimination Chamber, stuff like that. If I am on-site for the show, I've been on-site for pretty much every WWE pay-per-view, every domestic pay-per-view since SummerSlam. I was at SummerSlam. I was at Mania last year, actually, as well. WrestleMania Backlash, Extreme Rules, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Not even domestically, but Elimination Chamber as well in Montreal two months ago in February. So it's been a crazy last year in addition to both nights of WrestleMania last weekend. I'm done with traveling for the time being, just to put that out there. Uh, but I am happy to be back here on WrestleRant Radio, breaking down the entire week of wrestling from the sale of WWE to Endeavor, both nights of WrestleMania, the post-WrestleMania Raw, what's going on with AEW right now, the signing of Jay White, the announcement of a Wembley Stadium show in London this summer for the return of All In. So much to get into. Mr. Marceau, brother, it's been a while since we've been here on the phone breaking this all down. Talk to me. How you doing? Doing good. I'm finally glad to get out of the underneath part of the uh, airplane. Oh my God, I know. I was waiting for you to pop up in the press box, but I couldn't find you. <laughs> I couldn't get in, pal. Couldn't get in. Did you at least jump the rail when Roman Reigns won? I was trying to jump the rail and give him a hug. <laughs> I'm still stunned from that finish. We're going to talk all about that. It's been a very busy week in the world of wrestling. I'm not even sure how much we're going to get uh, of it we'll get to. Um, I actually have yet to watch Stand and Deliver from the past weekend. I mean, not that that's overly relevant, but um, I was not there at that show. I did not watch the show. I didn't have time to watch the show. I will watch it at some point. I was at Super Card of Honor. I really liked that show. I thought it was a fun show from ROH. Um, WrestleMania, obviously, both nights. We'll talk about that. Post-WrestleMania Raw, which was not great. Uh, Vince McMahon apparently being back in charge, which will tie into what our next subject is. Some stuff happening on AEW as well, if we have time at the end. I'm not going to promise to talk about it, because I usually, I feel like I typically do, and then we don't, because we just run out of time. Uh, maybe we'll save that for the end. But we got to talk about the biggest news first, Mr. Marceau. Endeavor, buying WWE, uh, not buying WWE, I'm sorry. It's a merger between WWE and UFC to form a new company of sorts, I believe. And it doesn't have a new name, I believe. They're being bought out by Endeavor. Um, $21 billion is the net worth, I think, with 12 from UFC, $9 billion from... I don't know if I said million, but $12 billion from UFC, $9 billion from WWE. A lot of nuts and bolts in there that I can't really speak to too much. I'm not overly familiar with the situation as far as like the details and stuff. I know WWE's deal with Peacock runs through 2026 or 2025, so they'll be on there for a little bit longer. Um, their TV deals are currently... I don't think this changes anything as far as that goes. And I think at the bottom line, at the end of the day, they weren't bought out by Saudi Arabia. So that's a positive, I would say. I don't know how much it would really change if they were, but uh, for a lot of people, that's a positive that they're not. I don't know too much about Endeavor, but 
Uh, you know way more about UFC than I do. Dana White, that whole sort of thing. Um, Ariel, um, not not Ariel, but Ari Emanuel, I believe his name is, uh, the man in charge of Endeavor. Already good friends with Vince. He wanted him in that spot was really why they went with that deal. Uh, Vince discussed this on CNBC the other day, just basically saying that they were already close. It was a no-brainer. What he didn't say was that if they went with another company, um, another interested party, it's very possible that Vince would not be in the spot that he is in right now. He's basically in the same role that he was in a year ago before I got ousted from the company. Quote-unquote retired, I mean, believe what you will. Uh, but he's back in the same spot. He's an employee again. He's the executive chairman. And seemingly back in the head of creative, if not a very uh, a, a bigger part, playing a bigger role than he has the last couple of weeks, months, whatever. So a lot to discuss here, Mr. Marceau. Again, I don't really know how much of this we can speak to until we kind of see it play out. The deal's not done yet. I think they expect it to be done by early 2024, but the timing of the announcement makes sense with it being the night after WrestleMania, being opening day, so to speak, although Raw didn't really feel like it. Uh, talk to me, Mr. Marceau, about your thoughts of Endeavor buying WWE and what this means for the company going forward. Good, bad, or indifferent here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I don't think, I can't see as a, like, the deal itself, the deal itself is good. I mean, like you said, what we get with Vince and what his fingerprints get on in the show, I definitely think that's the biggest concern. But I think getting bought up by a company like Endeavor, like you said, they have the deal with the UFC. Um, I think they bought the UFC originally for, like, $4 billion and they've already evaluated them as at $12 billion. So, like, they've made the company a lot of money. I feel like that's kind of a big deal. I mean, if they bought them for $4 billion and now they're worth $12 billion, I mean... It's a lot of money, so I think that's definitely a good start. I think WWE can see the same kind of growth, especially with more like they have more live events and more weekly stuff. UFC is obviously like once a month with big cards, so we'll see what happens. I feel like um, it really just depends. Like I said, I think if Vince is getting involved and his fingerprints are all over the place, I think they'll still make money. But I just think the the whole overall fan and talent morale will definitely go down. But uh, Hopefully it doesn't, because I just, for how great WrestleMania was, it just sucked that the weekend kind of got squandered by Raw and just Vince being back. So we'll see. I think it's a good business deal. I mean, better than, like, people are so mad that the Saudi's going to buy him, and then I guess they're mad now because Vince is in charge. But I, I think it's just a great deal just overall that the Saudis, I just, I feel like people are getting so mad about that rumor just in general. So glad it didn't go that direction. But, uh, I guess we'll wait and see what happens with Vince. How long have you been watching UFC? Um, that's a great question. Uh, the first UFC show I watched was UFC 100. They're at like 289 now. I don't know. It was when Brock Lesnar was fighting, so it's like... I was going to say like 09, right? Was that when he fought uh, Frank Mir, the first one? Let me, I literally have it pulled up right here. Let's okay. say Brock Lesnar. I thought it was like 09, 08. I'll tell you right now. I... So a long time, basically. Yeah, 2008. Wow. Crazy. 2008. So you've been watching for that long. Obviously, you've been a fan of UFC through the Endeavor purchase. Did you see any major changes? Like, were you a fan of that when you heard about it? Like, what were your thoughts on that when it happened? Um, I feel like it really hadn't changed too much. I mean, they also kept Dana White in charge. Like, he's, like, the president. So I feel like they kept the same face, which he's a really good businessman. I mean, obviously, he's had his... Out of the UFC incidents with the whole power slap, just that's been terrible. And then, <laughs> yeah. him, those, then him happening to slap his wife right before that started. So definitely not a good start. But I feel like he's been at the helm. So like they really haven't seen any big changes. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, when Endeavor bought it. But I know like they started going to like uniforms, which people didn't overly like. Because it's like 
they're basically branding everyone the same and stuff like that. So I'm not sure exactly when that came in, but I think it was right around when Endeavor bought them. So, I mean, I think they've seen some small changes, but with UFC specifically, I feel like you, like, you can only do so much to build someone up. Once they lose and lose their mystique, it's a lot harder. Like when McGregor was like on his hot streak and winning all those fights and he was like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like known person in the world. Yeah, UFC was hot. Then once he lost and a couple other old timers kind of lost or John Jones had his legal issues or stuff like that, like the product definitely did suffer just because there wasn't as many marquee names. But I think they're starting to kind of get back in the swing of things, starting to kind of get more hype. So with WWE, I mean, you can make the hype. So I don't see a problem in at that aspect, at least. How do you think it affects, we discussed this briefly before we went, you know, hit the record button here. How do you think this affects the pay-per-views? I know that the <laughs> UFC pay-per-views are close to $70, as you said earlier. Um, that's probably the biggest point of concern for a lot of people because in addition to ESPN Plus, which is 10 bucks, and you know 12 if you include Hulu and Disney, that whole, I have that same bundle as well. Um, they're still $70 uh, per pay-per-view. And obviously they don't have TV, so their business model is a little bit different. This isn't an immediate concern because they're still on Peacock. They're contracted. I don't know if that can be broken, but um, hopefully it stays intact. For as much as we shit on Peacock, at least the pay-per-views are still 5 to $10 a month. $5 with commercials, $10 without. Um, that might be going away for the first time in over 10 years. We might start have to paying real money for these pay-per-views, for the WWE pay-per-views, um, every month, every other month, whatever it might be. You know, starting in 2025 or whatever it might be. I also saw in that same, I think it was the Axios report or one of those articles that wrote about this whole thing um, in an interview with Nikon as well. They could be looking for a deal with uh, ESPN, ESPN Plus as well, which is where UFC currently is. So that would make sense. Talk about the pay-per-view aspect of it and how WWE kind of comes into play with that. I, I mean, I hope to God they don't go back to 70 bucks a month. I mean, UFC right now, I think it's at 75 actually. It was 70 I think they just bumped it up to 75 recently, which, like I said, I feel like when I first started watching, they were probably close to 55 60 bucks. Obviously, with inflation stuff, it's going to go up. But I think as of right now, let me say I'm on it right now, it's uh, 75 yeah. So now it's $75, so it did go up again. Plus, like I said, you need the subscription service. Um, I just hope that they don't go that direction. I mean, I, I would mention it to you before, like they don't have TV and they don't have, it's basically like their, their big fights once a month. And that's kind of like the exposure they have. So I'm hoping since WWE runs more live events and they have their TV and stuff like that, like if they did make it like 30, 40 bucks, I think I'd be fine with it. Um, but if it's 70 bucks a month, that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's just a lot of money for a show if you don't know if it's going to be good. I know the same thing could be said for UFC because it's not a scripted show. I mean, a main event can end in two minutes. I know you can attest to that, but... Oh, my God, yeah, like two months... Uh, yeah, it was like two months ago, John Jones finally came back, faced Seal gone for the heavyweight title. He literally knocked him out in like a minute. It was... <laughs> I was up at one in the morning. Like, I literally stayed up for this. Like, that's the thing. At least with WWE, at least like... At least it might not be great, but at least you... Theoretically, don't think you're gonna like, get the main event's gonna last a minute. I mean, yeah. it was brutal. Like it's, and also it sucks that they're they're West Coast based. Like their shows end wickedly, unlike 
WWE, luckily, is like Eastern Standard Time. Thank God, yeah, I know. We've had some pay-per-views end close to 1 a.m., especially with AEW, but not quite that late. But, um, yeah, no, at least you know you're not getting a minute-long main event for the most part. I mean, unless it's Brock and Goldberg circa, you know, Survivor Series 2016. Other than that, <laughs> you know, we're, we're you're getting your money's worth. And even that pay-per-view actually ended early. It wasn't a longer pay-per-view. But anyway, though, um, yeah, that'll be one thing to keep an eye on. That won't be for a couple years down the road. I really hope not. Just I just think to have people not pay for so long too. I mean, it was essentially free with the network and now with Peacock for literally over a decade by the time this would happen to then going back, you know, paying $25, $30 is one thing paying $70 per show for extreme rules. I mean, that's not, that's not ideal. So, um, we'll see. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's one thing for AEW when they only have four or five shows a year, and the quality of those shows is consistently pretty strong. WWE, the pay-per-views under WWE, under Triple H especially, have been very strong, honestly, for the last year. So, no complaints there. But, um, especially with WWE now having pay-per-views every month, and it just is what it is. The pay-per-views are better, but I don't think they're worth uh, $70, so to speak. So, we'll get to it when we get to it. We'll cross that bridge when it comes in a couple of years, but it is one thing to keep an eye on. I think the bigger point of concern right now is the involvement of Vince McMahon in the company. Now, we've been told so many things, and not only said, not only told, but like we've read in reports and stuff like that. Triple H has told the locker room. Back in January, when Vince was rumored to be back, and we've discussed it every week since then, you know, it started with, he's on his way back and he's not on the board. But then he is on the board, and now he's the chairman. But okay, he's not going to get involved in creative. He's only going to be involved in the business end of things. And he's only around to facilitate a sale, is what we were told by Nick Khan at one point. Clearly, that's not the case. He's back to being an employee. He's back on the board. He's back to being the chairman. And not only that, he's back to being on the headset. He was backstage at Raw a couple of weeks ago, I think when we were there in Providence, didn't have any involvement with the show, apparently, but he was just there. Or, I, mean, I think it was Boston, actually. Boston. Cena was there. He was there yeah. when I was in Boston. Yeah, he was there when you were at the Boston show. Casino was on that show. It's like, okay, he's there, but, you know, he's not getting involved with anything. And then he shows up this past week, and he's on the headset. And you read that Raw had a very heavy Vince influence. Now, I, I can't speak to SmackDown. I've seen people say, and I've heard some rumors, and I've seen people tweet me saying, that was the Vince show. And that was a test run by the new owners. And Triple H is going to be running SmackDown on Friday. Honestly, I'm not really sure what to believe. We've been lied to and have had... The reports, honestly, seem to be on point. It's what the company is saying that I don't really necessarily believe as far as he's back, but he's not back. No, it honestly seems like he's fully back. Now, we'll get into WrestleMania in a moment, but I think you summed it up perfectly earlier. I don't know if you said it when we were live here or just a moment ago, but uh, when we were live... But we had such a great week, and I thought WrestleMania, despite my reservations around the ending of the main event of Night 2 with Cody and Roman, I thought WrestleMania, being biased I was there, was a really good show. I thought it was a strong WrestleMania on the whole. It's such a bummer that the weekend had to end on such a negative note with the Vince McMahon being back rumors and reports and him apparently running Raw and then getting a really lackluster post-WrestleMania Raw show. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I really hope he's not back to running creative, but it sure seems like all signs are pointed in that direction, though. No, definitely. I, I think it was before we started recording. I just, I thought overall, it, I even like, Night 1 was solid as fuck. I mean, I thought it was a really good show. And the Night 2 was good, I just think. I, the main event overshadowed it. It did have some, I don't know if it's a head scratchers, but more like, oh, I'm surprised that person won. You know, I mean, you always have like your thought, like you use some matches, you're like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to win. And I feel like night two had more of the, oh, okay, like didn't see that coming, but it wasn't like the matches were good and 
I thought everything pretty much delivered, but the main event kind of just overshadowed that. Then on top of the whole Vince stuff. Yeah, no, I thought they just did a great job with the show overall, and the Vince stuff really, like you said, overshadowed a lot of what we got. Specifically online with people, that was what everything that people were talking about. Anything and everything that people were talking about wrestling-related on Tuesday was revolving around Vince, which is unfortunate. But I thought overall it was a really good show. So let's get into said show. We'll start with night one. Uh, We'll start with the good, then the bad, and the ugly. Um, But I thought night one was actually a really, really strong show. Probably start top to bottom. I mean, again, it's hard to rate these WrestleManias as two nights because they've never been two nights up until a couple of years ago. But as a singular, in a vacuum, night one show, one of the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. As a three-hour show, one of the best I've ever seen. And ironically, the opening match, I thought, was the weakest of the entire night. I mean, aside from Pat McAfee and Miz, I mean, that doesn't really count. But Austin Theory and John Cena opening the event for the United States Championship. John Cena coming out with Make-A-Wish Kids, great feel-good moment. That, to me, said, oh, God, he's winning. I mean, I felt the same way a couple other points during the show, or both nights for different reasons. Thankfully, I was wrong about this one. Cena did end up losing in what was kind of an average match. It was a good match. Um, Nothing really special standing out about it. Theory winning not clean, but with a low blow, following up with one finisher, winning... Felt like a very phoned-in John Cena. I know we're not getting the same Cena that we did 5, 10 years ago, but Big Mad's John appears to be gone. I mean, he has not had a big match that has felt overly great in, in quite some time. Um, this was decent. It had the right result, but I was kind of underwhelmed by the match itself, personally. Yeah, we talked about this the other day when I called you before night two. I thought it was a good match. Obviously, like, John Cena and Theory both aren't, like, work-rate guys, so you're not going to get, like... Like the flippity doodahs and stuff, you're just not gonna get that. But like I said to you, I, I, I mean, I've slept on it a few nights. I'm, I'm just first of all, I'm glad he won. Theory won. I'm just glad at first he won. But I just wish he Cena, like you said, I think not that I don't know if he was mailed in, but like I just kind of wish he gave more than he did. I wish Theory like maybe got a kick out or two, or like got hit with the AA and he kicked out, or like was put in the STF and got the ropes. I don't know, like something to, like make it seem like he like fought through adversity or like. Give me a little bit of something. I feel like he got put in the STF, tapped out, ref bump, hit him, hit him in the nuts, eight town down, one, two, three, and we moved on. I thought it was a fine match. Theory was in control most of the match, but it was more like small stuff and gloating and stuff like that. It wasn't like anything of purpose. It's not like he was like Brock Lesnar squashing Cena. Like it just was there. I wish Cena gave a little bit more, and I assume that's him. I mean, that like Theory's calling the match or like, yeah, you need to put me over. That uh, like Cena's gonna have control, but. Um, I just wish he gave more than he did. Yeah, it was just very basic. It's not like, like you said, no kickouts of any finishers, which is a weird thing to criticize because I feel like we get so much of that nowadays in wrestling. But I don't know. It's a John Cena match. I expect, but this is probably the worst John Cena match I've seen in, in in quite a while. And he doesn't have many matches. I understand that, but I don't know. I just expected more. It was his first singles match, I think, since at WrestleMania. I think since 31, eight years ago against Rusev for the United States Championship, and that was far better than this. And that oh, wasn't. Oh, the Undertaker. Oh God, I forgot. Okay, first formal, <laughs> actual match, <laughs> in, you know, scheduled match. Yeah, um, yeah. Just I don't know. I was expecting more. Listen, I'm glad Theory won. In retrospect, the feud is over. Um, he beat Cena. Would you say? And I already have my answer, and I already know your answer. I think, but I want to just get this out there. Do you think this was all worth the verbal burial that Theory got a couple of weeks ago? I don't think he made up for it personally. Well, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think he came even close to making up for it. No, I mean, not at all. 
I don't think, like I said, it's not like, so he had that one thing, he beat the Street Profits a couple weeks, then he beat Cena, like I said, I thought it was a good match, I mean, he still beat him, I guess he can't really complain, but like, I wish he beat him clean, I mean, that would have definitely helped, and then, nothing, like, I don't know, I, I, I wish, like I said, that's why I wish he got a little bit more, like, oh, you, like, I wish he kicked out of the AA or something like that, just to, like, make Theory a little bit, prop him up a little bit, but I don't think, for the verbal evisceration he got, it, it didn't really pay off, but I thought what he, on Monday was a good continuing, so I can't complain there either. Yeah, no, listen, he came out getting heat, and they were saying, oh, he's going to get eaten up by the post-WrestleMania crowd. The post-WrestleMania crowd has not been rowdy in a good five or six years. I mean, it's been so long. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, doesn't matter. The crowd just has not been what it was, what it once was. Um, but he came out, and I was there in the building. He got good heat, so... I don't know if he would have gotten that well, same reaction. It that Cena was only there that one week he shit on him, and then we didn't see him the rest of the building. No, it did not help at all. I mean, it didn't It didn't really help either that Theory didn't do much in Cena's absence. I'm not even really blaming it on him, but they didn't really have him do anything in his absence to really make up for it either. I mean, I thought the promo he cut in the empty arena on the Raw before WrestleMania was quite good, but he still doesn't feel like he was really elevated from that Cena win. I just feel like he's in the same spot that he was in before WrestleMania, I feel like the match didn't even, honestly, didn't even really happen. At least he beat Rey Mysterio on Raw. He pinned him, I believe, but uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it was really worth it in retrospect. But anyway, at least he beat him. Uh, the men's showcase match was fun. Uh, Profits win. They went on to face Owens and Zayn for the tag. Uh, actually, it was not a tag team title match. I thought it was. I don't think it was, actually. Um, they had a very good match on Raw, and Owens and Zayn won, but I thought this was a fun showcase for all four teams. It was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, no stakes, hard to care. I thought the women's match wasn't, you know, uh, it was a bit weaker on night two, but I thought this was quite good. Everyone had the time to shine, and that was about it. Yeah, I thought the showcase was what it really needed to do is kind of cool the crowd, cool the crowd out in a sense that you weren't like overly invested. But like, I thought they hit all the big spots. Um, Street Profits won, which was nice. So I felt like they needed to win. Too bad they lost the next night. So oh, yeah. They didn't Owens that quickly, but uh, no, I thought it was a good little. Like you said, I thought it was a good little showcase. So that's what they were going for. Rollins and Logan Paul, I'm kind of shocked because they had a really good match. I agree with what you texted me. They had a great match. Amazingly, they had the fourth best match on the show. And that's not a knock on them. I feel like that's just a, that's just a way to praise how great night one was and how many great matches we got. Um, this was really good, but it wasn't the show stealer I thought it would be because we had so many other great ones later on in the show. This was really good stuff, though. Rollins and Paul working as well together as you would expect. KSI getting involved as the fucking prime drink, which was um, a funny spot. That was well done. I don't again really don't know what else to say about it other than it was really good stuff. Rollins win. Uh, Rollins wins as he should have. We were given no indication on Raw what's next for him. He just came out, had the crowd sing his song, and that was it. I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. I texted you this, and I know you agree. We need serious Seth back. Like, to me, prime Seth, I know how great he was in, like, 2015 with, like, the heel gimmick and shit. I get that. He's a babyface right now. My favorite version of Seth Rollins, honestly, I think it was in 2018. Coming off the Intercontinental Championship win, he was white hot. They really should have given the World Championship then over Roman Reigns, but whatever. Um, he was just on a fucking roll at that point. He was the most over guy in the entire company next to Braun Strowman. And I, I want that Rollins back. All business, straightforward. I know he's got to evolve and shit, but he's been doing this character for over two years now. It ran its course a while ago. The, the goofy outfits, the laughing. He doesn't take anything seriously. I know he's over and whatnot, but I feel like they can translate that popularity into another chapter of his career. But I thought the match itself was great. I just want to see some more serious side of Seth going forward. 
yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I think, like you said, I don't think it was the show stealer we thought it was. It was a really, really good match. I like the KSI stuff. I thought the match was laid out good. Logan looked good. Seth looked good. But I even texted you. I'm so over the whole Seth freaking Rollins character. Just the laughing and all that stuff. Like, his whole shebang. The outfits. He's a face now. Can we, like, move to a different part? Like you said, maybe a different chapter of the character or something else. It just... It's not like you don't want to. Ch- the problem is, and I said this to you on the phone before we recorded, his entrance and his theme is so over that I feel like that's why they're sticking with it as long as they have. Because I feel like if the entrance wasn't as over it is, maybe when he went face, he'd kind of drop the whole Seth freaking Rollins like persona and kind of go as a more standard baby face. But we're still getting this. We're gone. Raw was even worse. Like, he looked like fucking Willy Wonka with the glasses on. I mean. I, 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 his, like you said, we, you also mentioned this before we record too. Like Becky dropped the, all the outrageous outfits and kind of the weird character once she went babyface. Why can't he do the same thing? Yeah, it's just I feel like that fits. It makes sense if you're annoyed by it and you're bothered by it. It makes sense when he's a heel. That's why I had no issue with it when he was a heel. I know you were shitting on it. And I didn't love it either, but I'm like, okay, it makes sense because he's an obnoxious heel. But he's not a heel though. He's a babyface now, and we're supposed to be cheering for him, which we are. I know we're in the minority here because, again, he's very over, and I'm glad he's over, and I'm out there cheering him, too. He's got a great theme song. I just think the character itself is just not interesting. I want the Seth Rollins that was complaining to, what was it, Ariel Hawani or someone else about how, you know, he belongs at WrestleMania. He wasn't a fan of Cody Rhodes' push. Why does Cody Rhodes get the spotlight at WrestleMania and I don't? Where the fuck is that guy? Like, I want to see that shit on Raw. I don't want to see this shit where he's out there, oh, it's a party out there. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, what do you have to celebrate when there's no championship to fight for? Roman Reigns, we'll, we'll talk about it momentarily, will likely not be around. I honestly don't even know what you do with the guy. I was curious watching Raw and thinking, oh, is, oh, is Jay White going to come out? Like, are we going to get Braun Breaker? Like, and then, no, then, no, he just walked away. I'm like, the fuck is this shit? I mean, seriously, like that would have been a prime spot to either debut someone new, which... I feel bad for Seth because I feel like he always gets the short end of the stick. He gets Cody Rhodes and he gets Logan Paul and he always gets the new guy and he never gets to really win. He beat Logan Paul at WrestleMania as he should have. But like if he debuted Jay White, Jay White probably would have fucking, you know, beat him obviously as he should have. I feel bad for Seth. I just don't really know what you do with him at this point. He already did the US Championship thing, him in theory. Been there, done that several times. No thanks. Um, I, I really don't know what more you do with him at this point especially since Roman Reigns will not be around. Maybe you can run back him and Roman. I would love to see that. He should not beat Roman. But I think him and Roman as like the King of the Ring main event or the Money in the Bank main event would be awesome. I just don't know what you do with him in the meantime, and nothing we saw in Raw really indicated they were headed in that direction. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, the Monday Night's Raw was his performance or his segment or whatever you want to call it was very head-scratching because, like you said, it really, like we didn't get anything out of it. It's like he stood in the ring and... We acknowledged him, I guess, with his song, and then he went on, and then he left. I mean, <laughs> it really was zero direction, so I, I don't really know what you do with him next. Yeah, I mean, you look at the heels on Raw. What heels does Raw even really have? I feel like they have so many over baby faces. Owens, Rollins, Cody Rhodes. You look at the heel side of the roster. I mean, there is no real brand split, let's be honest, but... You look at the heel side of the roster, The Miz, no thanks. Been there, done that, no thanks. Corbin, obviously no. Um, Theory, already been there, done that, he's already lost to him, whatever. There's really not really... Oh, Omos? <laughs> oh my god, Omos. I mean, there's Bronson Reed, who might be doing something with Bobby Lashley. Again, Bobby Lashley, another one, another 
is he heel? Is he face? What the fuck is he supposed to be? Um, he's on Raw. I, I don't really know. We've also seen Rollins and Lashley before as well. I mean, him and Bronson is an option. Um, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you don't really have anyone on that roster for him to feud with right now, aside from Roman, and Roman's likely not going to be there. So I, I don't really know what you have him do for the time being. It's uh, they have they have some roster depth issues. They need to work out with both brands, but specifically Raw on the men's side. Um, the women's match I thought was actually quite good for a, for a feud. They didn't really feel hot going into WrestleMania. I wanted this match at Mania, and I'm glad we got the match at Mania. I wasn't like overly excited for the match because the build wasn't great, but Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky ended up beating Damage Control. Surprise outcome. Uh, quite a good match. I mean, Lita just... I don't want to say she doesn't have it anymore, but she looks like she's out there wrestling underwater. Um, she's very slow in there, and I'm glad we have Lita at all. Um, she has Becky as her partners to kind of carry her along. Uh, that's why putting her in tag team matches is probably the best way to go. It's a shame because I thought the match with Lita at... Or, I'm sorry, the match that Lita had with Becky... At Chamber last year in Saudi Arabia it was actually very good. I thought that was a really good match and a great way for her to close her career. Um, anytime we've seen her in the ring since then, she just has been, I don't know, just not great at all. She's been the worst part of every match that she's been in. But uh, this was fine. I thought this was a, you know, actually a really good match from all six women. Damage Control ended up losing again. And we said this coming into the show. If they lose again, Damage Control needs Damage Control and you need to pull the plug. I mean... I don't really know what else to say. They were on Raw on Monday. They lost to uh, Raquel and Liv in a number one contenders match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. Bailey was not there. Bailey posted a cryptic tweet. I don't know if she wants out or if she's on her way out. I mean, these wrestlers post the most cryptic shit and, and usually ends up amounting to nothing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she was frustrated, though. I mean, under Triple H, not even under Velvet, oh, Vince is going to ruin damage control. The group already sucked. I mean, under Triple H, the group has done nothing. It was Bayley's idea. We were at SummerSlam when they debuted in the press box, and everyone was really excited, and we were stoked to see him back. And as a group, they just really haven't found their footing. And I know they're all really close in real life, but the booking hasn't been there. They don't really get a lot of heat. They never win whenever it matters most. I don't know. It's just the group is just not good. I think it's time for them to go their separate ways. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a pretty good match. Like I said, I think my biggest takeaway was Jesus Christ, late is done. Um, like you said, I, I'm not. I, I mean, legend of the game. I just felt like, like you said, she feels like she's so compared to everyone else. She's just so far behind that. I mean, it just she she just stuck out in this match. That was a decent match, uh, but she just was the one thing that kept sticking out. I'm like Jesus Christ, she's just. He said, I don't know if she's just done or what, but she needs to hang it up. She's just not what she used to be. Realistically, she just ended it when she heard Becky had that match in Saudi. But um, that was a decent match besides that. But uh, damage to a loser again. I mean, like you said, people can't even blame Vince. Like, they weren't good the whole time. They were a Triple H like, product. And I think their biggest downfall was they just never won when it mattered most. Yeah, they. Okay, they won the. Dakai uh, and Sky won. The tag belts, and then never defended them. And the one time they basically defended, they lost the belts. So it's like okay, but like they never, they would always have them. They fed them to Bianca, and they lost every match. They lost War Games. They lost to Becky at every turn. Basically, I mean, the only time Bailey won is when they intervened. It just, I understand that like that's like kind of like a like it's basically what Roman does, but like they're just not over like him. And I feel like. Looking back at it, maybe they should have had beat Bailey beat Bianca just to get some heat. I mean, they didn't win anything, so it was tough for people to hate on the group or get give them heat as heels because they just never won when it mattered most. So why would anyone care? 
No, I think Bailey should have won the belt for a couple of months at least. I don't really think it's that important for Bianca to be champion for a year straight. I think she could have lost it and then won it back from Bailey, maybe at the Rumble or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they just really have had no heat at all, and I think it's time to break them up. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that, but I, I don't know what's going on with Bailey. but I think EO Sky deserves a real singles push. And Dakota Kai, too, is also really talented, and I think putting her back in the babyface role as well for the first time in, like, what, four years would be long overdue for her as well. Um, Rey Mysterio and Dominic, I thought, stole the show on night one. I mean, one of the show-stealing matches. From the entrances to the match itself, the shenanigans were even well done. The post-match stuff, the outcome surprised me. I did not expect Rey Mysterio to win. But I was fine with that. I assume Dominic will get his win back at some point, I hope. Um, but I thought this was overall great stuff. Dominic, Dominic looked great here, had the match of his life. Ray was out there looking great. The Snoop Dogg involvement, um, Latino World Order, LWO, okay, aka Legado del Fantasma, were out there, which was cool. Um, all of this was a lot of fun, and I, I, I thought this was uh, exactly what I was hoping it would be, and far from what I was expecting, you know, six months ago when this feud first started, and I just didn't care. No, yeah, they've done a great job with Dom. I mean, looking at it now, like he's this has been his coming out party. I mean. Him as Bray's, like, plucky little son, like, as, like, the little buddy, like, no one really cared for. It just wasn't really great in that role, but him with Judgment Day, I mean, at first, I'm pretty sure at first I said I liked it. I'm pretty sure you shit all over it, so get the archive <laughs> pulled up and look at that, because I'm pretty sure I was all over that, but, uh, no, I think he's done great work. I think the whole build-up, I mean, him telling Angie to shut up, I literally die laughing at that one. It's just so funny, but, like, and then, like, even his heel after, like, after we hit him, like, the next night on Raw, like, and like what kind of dad would hit their son like that's just like hilarious like he's just such a good chicken shit like heel and it's just hilarious so like i thought the build was great the match itself like i said i think it was his best match easily he's ever had um but the entrances were great i died coming him coming out of the fucking corrections van and ray coming out with latino heat and with snoop dogg and i just thought the whole match was good ray whipping him with a bell like pulled on crazy the whole Aaliyah throwing the water, throwing water in her face with the hop the rail like you after Roman won. <laughs> um, I thought it was just a really good match. I I wasn't surprised Ray won. I mean, it was kind of like he gave his son his comeuppance. I mean, I feel like it made sense. He just won the Hall of Fame, too. I think Dominic will get a win somewhere down the line, maybe even at Backlash. But, uh, no, I thought this was, one, like, if you want to go show stealing, I would probably say this probably was the one show stealer just because I don't think we thought it was going to be as good as it really was. Yeah, no, seriously, I think we all expect, I mean, as of a week or two ago, I was looking forward to it, it was one of the best told stories going into WrestleMania, but I mean, for a storyline I didn't give two shits about at the time, you know, last summer, I mean, it, it really is amazing how well they turned it around WWE and the Mysterios themselves. This was really good, I don't know how far Dominic can go, Um, he still needs a lot of work, obviously, but from what we've seen so far, the character stuff has been on point, and he's been great. Do you think all signs point to Ray and Bad Bunny? against Judgment Day's Damien and uh, Dominic at, at Backlash. I feel like that only makes sense. And honestly, it could be the main event. That's how over that match is going to be in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, from what we got on Raw, like, that was literally one of the only things on Raw we actually got a build for, and it was amazing. Um, but no, I think the whole Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny being involved and him and him and Ray versus Dominic and Priest. I mean, I'm pretty sure Priest is Puerto Rican as well. So, like, that, that, like you said, that could main event. You don't even need Roman on that show. Just having Bad Bunny on it, and then a couple other Latino, and like I said, I'm pretty sure Damian Priest is some kind of, I think he's Puerto Rican as well, but he is, yeah. I just feel like that match just alone sells. Like, Bad Bunny's such a big deal in the, like, Latino-Hispanic culture that, like, 
talent alone. That's all they really need to announce, and that'll do the deed. So, um, but I think it's hot. I think it's good. I liked his little involvement at WrestleMania as well, helping Ray when Dominic was going to cheat. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was all around. Like, like you said, I think it was probably the biggest show steal, just because we didn't expect it to be that good. No, one of the best Mania mid card matches I've seen in a while. I thought that was really Great. good. Great stuff. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Another Talk excellent match. Yeah, no, we had three, again, not counting McAfee and Miz, which was filler, obviously. Um, we had three great matches in a row here. And I think they went out there, and I honestly think they were helped by the fact that they weren't the main event. It gave me Batista Taker vibes from 23, where they weren't the main I mean, they weren't even, not only were they not the main event, and Taker, you know, won the Rumble that year, and they should have been on paper. Not only were they not the main event, I think they were like third or fourth on the fucking card for the World Heavyweight Championship that night. So I know Batista, and I read his book, he mentioned how he went out there with a massive chip on his shoulder. Same thing with Taker, and they went out They went out there and stole the show. Um, this ended up being no different. I feel like Rhea and Charlotte specifically, because Charlotte has now been slighted. I mean, she's made event at Mania before. Boo-hoo for Charlotte, I get it. But. <laughs> One like a thousand times at Mania, kids fucking putting on his... Uh... Sympathy card for A little bit. Because, I mean, listen, I feel for her a little bit, specifically Rhea as well. They She wins the Rumble, and I think theoretically, on, on paper, if you win the Rumble and you have two nights of Mania, the women should main event one night and the men should main event the other. But, listen, at the same time, though, you have to do what's best for the show, and I think they made the right choice, in putting the best story on last. Now... I don't think it's. A, I think it's a case of it goes two ways. One, the story for the Zayn and Owen stuff was just so good, you can't pass it up, and it's been in the works for so long. Yeah, Charlotte and Rhea was in the works for a long time as well, but the recent incarnation of their rivalry was just not great. I mean, it just really wasn't. They didn't really do a lot to get that going to really heat it up. They had a couple decent segments, but nothing overly great. Um, but they went in there and had the match. I hope they would because listen, these two women. You talk about show stealers. They stole the show at WrestleMania 36 in front of no fucking people. And I'm hoping, I really hope they can recreate that magic in front of fans this time. And not that they haven't had any matches in front of fans. They had a match of Money in the Bank back in 2021 that uh, that Charlotte won, actually. She's won all their matches except for this one. Um, she beat her for the Raw Women's Championship, and they had an awesome match on that show, too. I didn't know if they could do that same thing here at Mania, especially if it was the main event. People may not care, coming off the tag team title match. They made the right choice. These women went out there and had... I'm not going to lie to you. This might be the best women's championship match in Mania history. And I really, really like... That's coming from something... We've had a lot of really good women's title matches in recent years at Mania. Because last year, Bianca and Becky was phenomenal. And I also thought um, Bianca and Sasha at Mania 37 was also really good. I'd have to go back and watch them again, all three... This might have been better. I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those people. Best ever, worst ever. But seriously, like I think beyond those three matches, we haven't had a lot of great women's title matches in Mania in recent years. We have like the thirty-two on the triple threat with Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte was excellent. Um, just not a lot stand out beyond those. Charlotte and Oscar was really good, but I thought this one was awesome. And um, the right result, Rhea Ripley going over, Riptide off the top, new SmackDown Women's Champion, the Ultimate Grand Slam Champion, Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, NXT Women's Champion, uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion, NXT UK, NXT UK Women's Champion. The only woman to do it, hold all the gold in WWE aside from the pointless NXT 
women's tag team titles, but who gives a shit? Uh, those weren't around at the time anyway. Uh, this was outstanding. Charlotte doing the honors, clean. Apparently she's on her way out for a little while after already taking a break for seven months, but she's going to be leaving again. Um, but seriously, they did the right thing, and they went out there, had an awesome match. I, I can't say enough good things about this, and I know you can't either. Yeah, no, this match was amazing. I think, like you said, I still think they did the right thing. With how the emotional the main event was, I feel like it's still... If the main event went before, like, Owens and Zayn, like, the story and, like, the whole thing, I don't think the crowd would have been as into Charlotte and Rhea, but basically they had an amazing match. I would put it 1A, 1B with Becky and Bianca. I really like that match. Might be more because I'm such a Becky mark, but mm-hmm. I did watch it the other day, and it was just an amazing match. But, I, like you said, if not the best, it's tied with Becky and Bianca, which is an amazing match. I think... A very hard-hanging affair, just very good. I mean, Charlotte gets all the hate she wants. I mean, she's fucking amazing. People need to stop. Take the rose-colored glasses off and just look at it. I mean, she's amazing. And as much as she's been shoved down her throat, I mean, she she needs her due. I mean, she she is really good in the ring. And I mean, even I fail to say that sometimes, so I definitely want to acknowledge her as well. I feel mm-hmm. like she she doesn't get enough credit, and she's she's earned everything she's gotten. No, listen, I completely agree. I, I talked to Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, and I've always said this. I'm a Charlotte fan. I like Charlotte a lot. Her booking is questionable most of the time. And, you know, the fact that she's a face instead of a heel, they don't really have much of a choice currently. But, you know, it's it, it's not the right role for her. But you look at her resume and the matches she's had, not just the fact that she's held and won 14 different women's titles, but you look at the matches she had in NXT. But only, not even that, but just at WrestleMania alone. Like, she had a lot of great matches with Sasha in 2016. But her, Sasha, and Becky stole the sh- They were probably the best and only good part about WrestleMania 32, which was a dumpster fire. They had a great match for that women's championship. Her and Asuka at 34, an excellent match. Her and Rhea stole the show at 36, despite there being no fans. And then she comes in here at 39, and they do it all over again, this time on a bigger stage in front of people. They got their moment with the right result. So, yeah, Charlotte deserves her just due as well. Uh, I'm kind of glad she's taking time off because I don't think you need to extend the feud. I don't know you need to do a rematch. Maybe they do it at SummerSlam, potentially. They don't really need to. They've had enough matches where I think it's time to just move on now that Rhea's finally beat her. Um, But still, Charlotte taking time off is fine. Rhea, I like a lot. I really like the idea of Rhea leading that SmackDown women's division. Because, again, there's no brain split. I get it. But you look at the people that she can work with. Rhea and Raquel was teased on Raw. I mean, Raquel hasn't done a lot on her own lately, but there's history there from NXT. They are legitimately best friends, and we also saw their matches in NXT, and they were quite great. Um, Raquel actually beat Rhea in Rhea's final match in NXT, so there is established beef there as to why they can have a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Her and Liv, obviously, have history. They always have great chemistry. Um, they've been partners in the past. You can rerun that. You can run that back for the title. Her and Tegan Knox, did they heat up Tegan at some point? Rhea actually hurt Tegan and took her out of the Mayon Classic five years ago. You can run that back and acknowledge that, assuming Triple H is in charge. I don't think Vince would even remember that happened, but... Um, Tegan Knox, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know how likely that is if Vince is back in charge, but... That's an option. Uh, there's a lot of different options on the SmackDown side of things if they really want to go that route. But yeah, I, I love the idea of Charlotte, or rather Rhea, running that division right now over on the blue brand. Um, I missed most of the Miz, Pat McAfee stuff. I was on my way down to the floor when this happened. Um, I missed most of the match. I know George Kittle got involved. It was cool to see Pat McAfee. I don't know if he's coming back to commentary anytime soon, but this just kind of feels like a, a filler match to get him on the show. It was what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. I feel like it was literally just to cool the crowd off. Uh, after that Charlotte rematch to get him ready for the main event. I mean, that was more just like 
Oh, Pat McAfee, nothing like over the top. I feel like that's the only purpose they had it. And maybe they get McAfee out there, but like I said, more to cool the crowd, not for the main event. And it served its purpose just well, just fine. Uh, we get to the main event. Speaking of which, for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn winning the belts, ending the 600-day-plus reign of the Usos in the main event. A storytelling masterpiece here. I know you had an issue with some of the kickouts and stuff like that. I was completely fine with that. I honestly thought this was a five-star masterpiece. As the main event of WrestleMania, I thought it was perfectly fine as far as that sort of stuff goes, and I completely agree with you and on that and other situations. But I thought it worked here. The storytelling was perfect. Sami Zayn kind of getting his uh, I'm sorry, I love you moment with Jey Uso, pinning Jey Uso for the titles. The crowd was white hot for the Sammy kicking out of the 1D. Oh, just all of this was mwah, but just chef's kiss. I thought it was perfect. Um, thoughts on the match? I thought they really nailed it here. No, I thought it was a great match. Like I said, I do think at that very end, like, there was some kickouts. I'm like, okay. I mean, they hit him with, like, seven super kicks. Uso splash 1D kicks out. I'm like, come on. I mean, <laughs> there's a little, I mean, I understand there's a, there's a, it's the WrestleMania main event. There's a moment, but, I mean, it got a little exaggerated at the very end. But, like I said, I liked how they had him and Jay had like that I'm sorry I love you moment uh, with him hitting with the three Huluva kicks and, and pinning Sam and pinning Jay there but no I thought it was an emotional great ending of Wrestlemania night one and like I said I feel like they did do the right thing with having them go last instead of Rhea and Charlotte definitely I think they made the right choice in putting this on last it was the right story to tell and we have new tag team champions for the first time in uh, almost two years so again perfect stuff thought it was great uh, we get to night two Open the show, Brock Lesnar and Omos. Again, it was what it was. Uh, not a bad match. It was uh, better than I think we thought it would be. It wasn't a mess. He got him up for the F5. He hit the F5. It was, as we always say, exactly what it needed to be. And Brock got in, he got out, and got to leave the show. So uh, He didn't fly back home, clearly, because he was still in the area for Raw, which kind of surprised me. But as an opener, I didn't think this would open the show, but I thought it ended up being a perfectly fine match. No, honestly, what it, like we said, needed what, it, what it needed to be. Omos had his moments. Brock at the super suplexes, F five. We move on. I, I mean, I thought exactly what it needed to be. Um, I had no complaints. Unfortunately, I mean, again, the nicest guy in the world, but in the ring, not the greatest. Omos is still a thing based on what we saw on Raw. Um, he was on the show beating Elias, so clearly his uh, television time is not over yet. I that I mean, we know Vince is a big fan of Giants and. I just, what do you do with him now? I just, yeah. he lost to Braun. He lost to, to Brock. Like, what do you do with him now? Like, there's nothing really to do with him. I, I mean, beating job guys? I, I honestly, when I saw him come on Raw, I'm like, what are we doing? At that point, I'm like, oh, Vince is definitely back. But <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I just really don't know what else you do with him. He it's lost like, to Bobby as well, too. Does he beat? Like, yeah. who's he even supposed to face? He's going to beat Cody? He's going to face Cody? Like, <laughs> like what else do you do with them? I don't know. <laughs> I felt like it was kind of puzzling when he came out, but if Vince was all, like I said, Vince loves those Giants, but I just feel like there's really nothing for him to do. Yeah, no, I don't know. He's lost to Bobby as well. He's lost to all the Giants in the company. There's no real person for him to face. That's that makes sense. Is he going to go out there feuding with Johnny Gargano? Like that's not going to get him over. I mean, who cares? Um, four-way women's WrestleMania showcase match: Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler beating Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez and Natalya and Shotzi. And Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Uh, again, match was what it was. Not on the same level as the men's. Ronda did nothing. She just tagged in and won the match for her team. She's obviously still injured, which is why that happened. But uh, this could have happened on the pre-show and it really wouldn't have made a difference. I mean, the whole point, like, the funniest part of the whole match was, like, like you said, Ronda didn't do anything. She's clearly still hurt. 
Then the next night on Raw, we have a number one contenders match, and they weren't even in it. So yeah, why would you yeah. ever even win at that point? I yeah, mean, I know. I don't know. I know Ron is hurt, so they can't do the match. If Ron is hurt, then don't have them win. I, I, I don't, agree. I don't, I don't get that. And then, I don't know. I just felt like that was funny, that the two teams that lost on WrestleMania literally got a tag team title shot. Yeah, no, maybe they'll... Got the other one and they lost as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe Becky and Lita retain on Monday and then they face Ronda and Shayna at Puerto Rico. If not, I don't know why they would do that. It's just That just doesn't make sense. Um, the real show stealer... I mean, I don't know if you can call it show stealer, but it was an amazing match. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. Intercontinental Championship match. Exactly what we thought it would be in the best way possible. Hard-hitting affair, electricity in the building... These guys went out there and killed it. And Gunther, actually emerging victorious, still the Intercontinental Champion. I really thought Sheamus would win and retain the title. Unfortunately, he did not. Hopefully, he can still come out of this and win the championship at some point down the road. Um, I'm not sure how likely that is at this point, especially with Vince being back in charge. But that would be the right story to tell. Honestly, at this point... So, the match was amazing. Oh, Actually, you know, I'll, I'll get to my question afterward. Let me ask you your thoughts on the match first. What did you think of it? No, I thought the match was really good. Uh, I, I mean, exactly what I expected it was going to be. So, um, But it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. I thought it was a really good match. Shocked as hell Gunther won. I mean, I literally talked to people over the weekend. They were like, oh, Sheamus going to win. Drew's going to win. Not one person even had a sniff thought that Gunther was going to win. So I'm actually kind of glad he retained. Um, I mean. He's had a hell of a run, yeah. He's had an amazing run. I wouldn't have been mad if Sheamus won, but. I also didn't care. I wasn't mad that he won. So, great match. Just a little shock that Gunther won. I think everyone was. It, it gave me WrestleMania 24 vibes when Orton beat Cena and Triple H. Or when uh, at WrestleMania 32 when Charlotte beat Sasha and Becky. You know, when no yep. one expects them to retain it, kind of the same thing. So, here's what I was going to say. I was fine with... I think Gunther's had an amazing run. I have no issue with him retaining. Because, honestly, I, I would have been fine with any of these guys winning. Drew's great, too. And Drew hasn't won... A meaningful match at Mania in in years, and he did it 36. He beat Corbin Lester. Who cares? He beat you know Brock for the title three years ago in front of no one. He really hasn't had his WrestleMania moment. Let's be honest. This could have been it. He lost to. We'll get to Drew in a moment. But with Sheamus, Sheamus needs to be the one that beats Gunther. And and, and shockingly, you know he's kind of the more throwaway of the two. Like as in like. You know, Drew's the bigger star than Sheamus, so it would have been very easy for them to have Sheamus get beat, but he did not. Drew got beat. So, I'm perfectly fine with them not him not winning here under two conditions. One, if Sheamus wins it either at Money in the Bank in London, or they just wait until after Gunther breaks the record. If Gunther doesn't break the record at this point, which he's not going to break it for another five or six months... But, I mean, you can have him hold the championship till then. Then I really feel like Sheamus should have won it here. If Sheamus ended up winning it in fucking, like, Puerto Rico, then I, I, I'm i not interested. I really think he should have either won it here or in London or after he breaks the record. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. Drew also reportedly may be on his way out of the company. Uh, PW Insider said a couple of days ago that they are currently... His deal is up this year. Maybe not necessarily soon, but it's up this year. Um, and apparently, per PW Insider, they're not remotely close to coming to terms on a new deal. Now, that shocked me. Drew strikes me as the ultimate WWE guy. I'm not really sure why he would want to go anywhere else. Um, could he go to AEW and get a sweet-ass you know, deal? For sure, absolutely. But, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been world champion in a few years. He's been prominently featured. He's all over the shows. He's never really not on the shows. 
Um, he hasn't been doing a whole lot since he lost the championships, but I mean, he had the Corbin feud, he's been involved in the Intercontinental Championship stuff, he had the high-profile match with uh, Roman Reigns, a clash of the castle, so it's not like he's not on the show. I would think that AJ Styles or someone like that is more upset than fucking Drew is. Drew almost never gets beat. Um... But Drew might be on his way out. I'm not. In, I, I think ultimately he stays. But I was a little surprised that ends up that you know that's currently the case with him not already having signed a new deal. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised when I saw it too. But it all really depends on what he's looking for. I mean, he's also in. It's going to be in his 38th end of the year. I mean, maybe he is looking for more of a Roman esque schedule, a little less dates, and maybe they're not willing to offer him that yet. But uh, I, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked if he left. Yeah, I mean, he's, he literally. His career was rejuvenated in in, in in TNA or Impact, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, he definitely got back on the map when he went back to WWE. Like you said, was the star of the pandemic. I mean, really got him to being like a top guy again. Um, so I would be a little bit surprised if he didn't stay. And and he feels like a top guy. It's not one of those guys where they win the championship and then they go back to being a mid carder. Is he a mid carder? I mean, I guess. But he he to me feels like a, a step above, like. You know, like Kofi Kingston won the belt, lost it, and then he was never at that level. Liv Morgan won the belt, lost it, and was never at that level again. Drew, I mean, if you listen to his reactions and stuff he's been involved in, he always has direction for the most part. It feels like he always has something going on. Um, and he feels like a main eventer. He does not feel like, oh, I am I belong in the Intercontinental United States title level forever. Like, he feels like a main eventer to me, which is why that Roman match felt special. Back at Clash, because he belonged in that spot. And in retrospect, it was kind of dumb that he won if Roman was going to be Cody, but whatever. We'll get to that momentarily. Um, I don't know. We'll see what his future holds. I don't think he goes anywhere, but I guess we'll find out at the end of the year. Bianca and Asuka, another really good match. Surprised by the result, but I thought they went out there and had a really good match. Uh, Again, kind of the question, where do you go with Bianca from here? She retained the title. Um, I don't know. She's kind of beaten everyone on Raw. I don't know what the fuck you do with Asuka. I mean, I guess Asuka can win it in a rematch, but again, I, I question... I say the same thing about Roman and Cody. Why can't people win the title in their first match? Why do they always have to win it in the rematch? Imagine if Batista lost the Triple H at WrestleMania 21 and then won it at Backlash. It's like, dude, I mean, just make the star while you can. This isn't a case with Bianca and Asuka because Asuka's already a made woman. I get that. Um, But if they're just going to have her win it on the next pay-per-view, then it's not really worth it. But um, I feel like she should have won here because she's... I love Bianca. I'm not upset that she won. I'm just a little surprised because I don't know what you else, what more you do from here. Um, but I thought it was a really good match, though. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I mean, I said this before. I, I was kind of. I'm not like the biggest Oscar fan. I mean, I know a lot of people love like the the new character. So to me, like, I feel like she's done everything. I just don't care that much about her. So the fact that Bianca won, I was happy. But then I kind of went to where you went as what do you do with Bianca next? Like she's literally beating everyone. So. Not exactly sure what you do with her now, and like, I guess you could do a rematch with her and Oscar, but she beat her clean. So it's like, she, what, how, how would she earn a rematch? Mm-hmm. Like, at least with Cody, it's like TK got screwed. So okay, but with Bianca, like Bianca literally beat her clean as a sheet. Do you think you could turn her heel? Bianca? Yeah, I mean she's over, but there were some audible boos, and I don't think it's her fault. It just might be a case of she's been champion for so long, people might start to get tired of her. Yeah, I mean. I think, I mean, you could do that. I think I would just keep her face at this point. I would do. I yeah, I agree. It's just more a matter of who they pair her up with next. I think if she's a heel, she could work. I mean, you would really have to heat him up, assuming Triple H is in charge, which it doesn't seem like he is. But you could, you would have to heat up Candice LeRae and Mia Yim. But women like that, I would like to see Bianca work with and maybe help elevate them because Bianca's just at a different level at this point. Um, 
I, I just don't know who else you have refuted. Nikki Cross, like who cares? Piper Niven, been there, done that. Um, Carmella, been there, done that. Chelsea Green, already done that. So Sonya, oh, don't get me started, already been there a million times. They need they need more heel women on Raw to really for her to work with. Maybe Charlotte comes back as a heel and feeds with Bianca, and she's the one to beat Bianca. I mean, I don't really want to see that, but it's an option. <laughs> um, we had two back-to-back matches with Miz and uh, Shane McMahon, who came back, and then Snoop Dogg <laughs> filled in for Shane beating Miz. I don't really know what else to say about this. It just kind of was what it was. I mean, I felt so fucking bad for Shane. I popped, like, Mini Marsona in 03 when Shane faced Kane <laughs> at fucking Survivor Series 03. I went fucking crazy. I love Shane McMahon. Yeah, had he been a little bit much the last couple of years, but, you know, I hadn't seen him in a year. Pop big for Shane. Guy comes out there. It hits a fucking beautiful, beautiful leap over Miz and just blows out his quad or his knee or whatever happened. I and. Poor guy was trying to get up. You could tell right away something was wrong. He just couldn't get to his feet. Then, like you said, Snoop Dogg improvised, and, and then we, that was it. But I just felt bad. I mean, the guy's in his mid-50s. And not like that's like a twisted ankle. Like, that's that's hard rehab. I mean, you hate to see it. It's just a tough, tough. I mean, you can hate Shane McMahon all you want, but blowing out your knee or quad like that, especially at his age, that's a tough-ass recovery. Yeah, it was, that was just sad to see. Like, the guy comes out, ball of fire, blown the fuck up, <laughs> and then he runs the ropes, and he blows his quad. You know, listen, like father, like son. Uh, Snoop Dogg, as real as he is, the MVP, stealing the segment with the worst people's elbow I've ever seen. Um, but listen, he saved that segment by doing what he did, so... At least there was that. I said this before, but the fact they didn't have Ellie Knight on the show or Bobby Lashley in a more meaningful segment, but they had time for this bullshit. I mean, listen, the Pat McAfee thing is one thing. If you want to do it on one night, cool. Th- this was fucking pointless. I mean, this whole thing was a waste of time. They could have used that for something with L.A. Knight, the guy from Los Angeles. That's how you know Vince McMahon booked at least part of this show. That makes no fucking sense. When he was on the show every week saying, oh, I, you can't have a night in WrestleMania. You can't have WrestleMania in L.A. without L.A. Knight. Well, clearly you can because he wasn't on the show at all. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, Hell in the Cell, Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor. I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, It wasn't great. It didn't really hit that next level for me. It was, you know, intense, and I'm, it's hard to kind of have a Hell in the Cell match during the day. Um, I don't know. It was good. Balor got really beat the fuck up with that that massive cut. That was disgusting. Um, he posted a picture of that online. Maybe that was what cut short the match. I was honestly expecting Gangrel to come out, because they kind of teased it, and they had Brood Edge, but he didn't even come out to the Brood music, which was kind of weird. Um... But yeah, no, I thought it was a good match. I just was not a fan of Edge winning. I really just, I know that's the story. Like, oh, he beats Judgment Day. Then why did he beat Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber? I mean, I just thought that was dumb. Judgment Day, not that they have no heat, but Balor is, I just, he can never win whenever it matters most. I don't know what's going on with Balor. They just, they, they just even under Triple H, they just don't do anything with him. It's weird. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on the match and the finish? Good, not great. Um... The whole, like, pause for the blood, I mean, I get it, but, I mean, come on. We're in fucking hell in a cell at WrestleMania. Yep. They're like, I understand he had a gash in his head, but come on. I mean, that was kind of, that kind of hurt the match a little bit. And then, like you said, why would Finn lose? He literally just lost in Elimination Chamber. I know, like you said, I understand he's beating the Judgment Day, whatever, but, like, he just lost. Mm-hmm. He just lost, and then he loses again as Demon. I mean, I guess they don't care about that, but, like, you thought, I thought once he was like Demon Finn, like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to win. And then Edge beat him. And it's like, okay, now what? I, I, 
don't know. I was I was pretty I was pretty shocked that uh that that edge that edge won here. And then Balor just I don't know. What do you do with Judgment Day? I mean, I know Dominic's busy. Rhea's busy. Finn just is not is not a threat at all at this point. And then Edge will disappear till SummerSlam most likely. And I love Edge, but like. Did Edge really need this? Like, is he going back after the championship? I hope not. Like, I mean, it's just so random, you know? Yeah, I, I, it was extremely random. We get to the main event. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I thought the match was excellent. I thought this was a great Mania main event. Honestly, one of the best I've seen a lot, right up there with night one in the last decade, if not longer. Love the match. I thought the layout of the match was perfect. I thought some of the teases were great. The involvement of the Usos and Solo early on and, um, you know, Owens and Zane and everything. I thought it was perfect. The one thing that bothered me was the finish. The way they booked the finish and the finish itself. Solo just coming right back out as if we didn't just see him earlier in the match was fucking lazy. It was literally the finish from Clash of the Castle. They just did it again. I'm thinking, did you not see the show from six months ago? We just saw the same finish six months ago. It's lazy. And then Roman Reigns wins. I just, I, I honestly don't even really know what to say. I'm not a fan of that. Will they have Cody beat him at some point? Yes. But like we've already talked about many, many, many times already, Mr. Marceau, it will not mean as much at SummerSlam. It will not mean as much at Money in the Bank. It will not mean as much at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. I, I just don't think it would mean as much as it did right now when the moment felt special and the moment felt right. To do it at a later point for the sake of the story is dragging... I mean, I, I shit on Tony Khan for the same shit. I mean, they drag shit out for no reason. This is the same thing. If the moment is right, you pull the trigger. That's like Adam Page going to full gear and not beating Kenny Omega two years ago. That's like Daniel Bryan going to WrestleMania 30 and not winning from the authority and winning it at fucking like Extreme Rules. That's like Stone Cold Steve Austin losing to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14 then having him win it at Backlash. Like, I know there's been some instances of that. Like, for example, The Rock didn't win the title at WrestleMania 2000. He won it at Backlash the following month. But The Rock was a made guy. Cody Rhodes is, but he's not. He's super over, but he's never been world champion before. The Rock was. I just think this was dumb. I think I, I honestly say this is one of the worst booking decisions I've ever seen. And this is baffling to me. And Triple H's excuse during the post-show press conference, I'm glad someone asked him about it. And they asked exactly what was on my mind. What, like, you had a moment to create a top-level babyface, and you dropped the fucking ball. Now, I can't guarantee that they did the right thing until and, and, and we see what happens what going forward. I just really don't feel that the moment will be as special in six months to a year from now when you also run the risk of Cody getting hurt, of someone else getting hotter, of Cody getting the crowd, you know, the the, the crowd turning on Cody. You're running a real risk there, and I just don't think it's smart. So um, your thoughts on this whole thing and Roman Reigns beating Cody Rhodes and the match itself, which, like I said, I thought was great. Uh, Roman wins LOL. Um, thought it was an amazing match. Uh, the finish, like you said, that. It was basically Clash of the Castle 2.0. I mean, literally, Solo got involved. Roman him with a spear. One, two, three. Um, I, I guess I'm just not as mad as most people. I just I feel like maybe just I just I guess I just saw it coming. I I, I mean it was just like I said I had the text ready. I didn't even have to fire it up. Like it was in the safe draft. <laughs> I already had put it in before the match. Like I was ready for this to happen and. And it, and it happened, and like I said, not that it's a good thing. I just, I really don't know what you do. I mean, like you said, like maybe I just, I feel like they think, like like you said, like they think that 
that Cody has to go through more hardship or more agony to get some more sympathy. So I guess he's going to get the shit kicked out of Brock and probably beat him and then move on. Or I mean, I, I just don't think what, what the moment was on Sunday night will be bigger than than it could have been. I mean, I thought it was the, the stars aligned and and that was the case. And like you said, we he run the risk of getting hurt again or just not being as over as he was going to be. I mean, maybe it's not even him. Maybe maybe we're getting upset and that's not the guy that they have beat Roman. I really don't know. But, um, I mean, with with Drew losing, you're like, okay, maybe Cody. You're like, okay, it's fine. Cody's going to win. Then Sammy losing, you're like, fine, it's okay. Cody's going to win. And then Cody loses, and it's like, now mm-hmm. what? So, I really don't know what you do. I mean, I assume Roman's going to be off for a decent amount of time. So, we're going to still be without no world champion, which is not ideal. Terrible. Um. Yeah, I really don't know what you do next. Listen, I think they're gonna. Be, the story that they're going with is that Cody has to go through hell, and then get him back to that point. But, uh, dude, it's not He's necessary. There. He's already fucking there. You don't do that finish unless someone is not ready. If someone's not ready or they're not that over, and you have to make people care about them. Honestly, you know what it reminds me of, and I know it's not the exact same situation, but Roman Reigns. Four or five years ago, we lost the the whole story was him beating Brock at WrestleMania 34. No one wanted it, but listen, it was the right story to tell. The problem with that though is that they had Brock beat Roman at WrestleMania. He beat him at SummerSlam. He beat him at all these shows. He beat him at Saudi, and then he ended up beating Brock anyway. Like he beat Brock at that year SummerSlam. It's like why not just rip the fucking Band-Aid off and get it over with? I mean, that's not the case with Cody because Cody was like people like Cody on like Roman four years ago. But if that's the end game then just get it over with. Why are you wasting time? If it's the same guy that's going to beat Roman, then why? I mean, I'm glad it's Cody. I'm not saying it should be anyone else because I, I saw these people, not many people, but the people that were happy Roman won. Listen, if you're happy Roman won because you're a Bloodline fan, oh, okay, cool, I guess. I mean, that's I love the Bloodline, but I'm also thinking as a wrestling fan, when do you have Roman win? We need to start thinking ahead here. We said this months ago, okay, cool, this is awesome, but like, where are we going with this? And like you said, I was fine with Drew losing a clash. On paper, it seemed pretty fucking dumb because it's like he's so over and everyone was ready and then he won and then Roman won. But I was okay with it because like you said, no, it's fine. It's okay because Cody will win at WrestleMania. Sammy at Elimination Chamber, I felt like I was the only one that wasn't crying over it because I'm like, you know, it's fine because he's going to lose to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And I'm still wiping the egg off my face from Sunday night when Roman Reigns won. And listen, I still think Cody will win the championship. I do, and I think he should. But I think it's very fucking dumb to not do it at WrestleMania. It's not like, oh, my short attention span, I want everything now. No, I mean, this this bullshit from Triple H, oh, finish the story. I mean, yeah, I know Cody, that was like his gimmick and whatever going into WrestleMania. That was the story. There's no reason to add an epilogue to the story if the story ended at WrestleMania. You continue the story with Cody as champion. If you want to do a rematch with Roman challenging, that's fine too. But if the reports are to be believed and Roman is taking time off, and we, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to be on SmackDown. I don't think he is. But if we don't see him on, on any pay-per-view going forward, and they're going international. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia. They're going to be in London and Puerto Rico. If he's not on any of those shows until SummerSlam, again, like you said, no fucking champion. We have no world champion until then. Again, they didn't split the titles on Monday. They didn't announce a draft. They didn't do anything. Triple H apparently is kicking off Raw or kicking off SmackDown on Friday. Who cares? I mean, especially if Vince is in charge, it seems like they're just doing this. The sole thing, we already discussed this, but 
the sole reason, if your only excuse for putting Roman over was, well, we got to get him to a thousand days, do you though? I mean, is it really that necessary? If he climbs up, he's not beating the all-time record. He would just climb up from, where is he right now? Six? He would climb up to five and maybe four if he holds it till WrestleMania next year. Okay, like he's still not going to be number one. Why not just end it here? Like, not everything is about breaking records. I'm a big record breaker. Like, I love that shit. But, like, I just, if the moment was right with Cody, why wouldn't you just go with it then? To do it at WrestleMania next year, when people will probably be sick of seeing Cody in the main event, it's it's not going to end well for him. I'm telling you right now. I just think that was insanely fucking dumb. I really do. And people, the, the aftermath of this whole thing does not give me any optimism that they're headed in the right direction. He's probably losing to Brock at, uh, in, in Puerto Rico or in Saudi Arabia or whatever. I know they're going to have to put him through adversity, but again, it's just not necessary. Um, a- any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I also, I mean, I don't know how much this put into it, but like, do you think one of the, I don't think this is what they're thinking about, but could you think of one, maybe one of the problems of putting the belt on Cody is there really isn't any heels for him to work with? Do you think that could be like a company? Like, you were talking about before, like with Seth, like who does he... You're worried about who Seth's going to face next. What do you even do with Cody if he won? Like, say that Brock, like, if this thing with Brock didn't happen, who is he going to face? Like, theoretically, if, like, Orange's not back, who would he, he go against? There's literally no heels. You can turn Bobby. I mean, Bobby, <laughs> I, I don't know what Bobby is, but you can turn Bobby. Bobby never got his rematch, by the way, for the championship from last year, so there is that. You can turn Bobby. You can do the Brock feud for the title. The Brock feud, the what we're getting right now, could be for the fucking championship, and then he beats Brock. Um, that's an option. I mean, people said Theory. Theory's not at that level. He's still the U.S. champion. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, Gunther at SummerSlam. I mean, there are a couple people. Rollins I would do, but not right now. I think Rollins can be the one to beat Cody for that championship. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I just I know with Roman. You I mean, just... I don't think it's. I, I think I want. I just want to like maybe see it out a little bit. I mean, like I said, I think that. I mean, the moment was there, so like I think that was a mistake. Like, like you said, like oh, like the story never ends. Like, but the story, like there was no need for him to face adversity. Like the whole story was like I, I just I feel like maybe their explanation is what I think what I am more like upset with because I feel like it makes no sense. Like oh, like you know the story's not over and like this that, and other thing seemingly. He's gonna have to like go through reverse it, but like, then he just dude, he just came back from injury. Like, he won the Royal Rumble. Like, what else do you need him to do? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. He already went through the adversity. He already won the Royal Rumble. Is he gonna win the Royal? If Cody Rhodes gets the title shot next year, does he have to win the Rumble again? People are not gonna be happy with that. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I don't know. Dude, I mean, people aren't thinking about these things. They just want Roman to win because why? Why Why would you want Roman to win? For a thousand days? A thousand days? Who cares? I, I could care less. It's it just like a number. A goal, if it was the all-time record, okay, maybe. Yeah. It, it, he's not going to be Bruno, and if he does, I might be dead at that point. <laughs> but, like, he's not going to, so let's just move on. Like you said, rip the, the story was there. The fact that they're that worried about a thousand days is dumb. It's not like he's wrestling every night either. He barely wrestles. The, he barely defends the belt anyways. You also run the risk of these fans just giving up. Like, I know, oh, we got to wait, wait, listen, it'll be worth it. Thanks, Triple H, for the advice. But there's a lot of fans, and especially a lot of people online, and say what you will about complainers, and listen, I'm the first one to kind of, you know, take the uh, fans to task if, if necessary. But I don't blame certain people. If you drag the story out long enough, people will lose interest. If the movie's nine hours long, then people will just fucking tune out. 
That's just that's 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 human behavior. They're not gonna. Not everyone's gonna want to see this story through if it's gonna take us five years to get there. I mean, if it takes us a couple like. If the moment was right, you just pull the trigger then. You strike when the iron is hot. I don't know how many times I have to say that. I just, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people that will just lose goodwill, whether it's Vince booking or not, even if it's just Triple H. I, people will start to lose faith in Triple H's booking, and you do not want that, especially at this point when AEW is an option and people will just jump on over to that and watch that shit, or just worse yet, not watch wrestling at all. That's why the raw ratings could go back to going down, because if they don't believe in your product and it's the same shit every fucking week... Then they had this optimism when Triple H took over. If it's going to be Roman Reigns on top forever, as great as Roman is and as great as this... I mean, where does, this, where does the Bloodline storyline even go from here, dude? Roman's still champion. The Usos lost. Okay, is that the, is that the story where he's going to have to... Um, they're going to have to suffer consequences, I guess. Because, like, who do you even slot in there right now? Bobby Lashley? Like, AJ Styles? No one's going to take them seriously. They're not beating Roman Reigns. This was it, and they dropped the ball. I mean, honestly, I just, I that that's how I feel. I, I came out of WrestleMania, I'm like, wow, that what they they really just that that felt like a Cena beating Bray Wyatt moment to me. I don't want to say it was worse because Bray just never recovered from that ever. I think Cody can recover, but it was a pretty dumb decision. And uh, I don't know where it ranks amongst the worst decisions I've seen, but it's it's high up there because we've ended WrestleMania three years in a row now with a heel Roman Reigns champion beating. Three or four, I mean, him beating Brian and Edge and Brock, I was cool with because that made sense. Him losing to Cody, just, I don't know, man. It's just, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. So we'll see where they go with it and how they can rectify it. The post-WrestleMania Raw, though, in a nutshell, we'll wrap up here, but um, that wasn't very good either. Any thoughts on that? I thought it was, the first hour was good. I thought the second hour had some, I thought it was a decent show at best. It's being very generous, but people saying it was the worst one they've ever seen. I mean, come on. It wasn't that bad. No, no, it wasn't the. I mean, listen, the worst, the post WrestleMania Raw, we had a lot of worse ones during COVID. During COVID, we had no fans of those shows, and they were far worse than that one. At the end of the post WrestleMania Raw two years ago, where they then Drew McIntyre being laid out by fucking retribution. So none of this shit that it's the worst post WrestleMania Raw of all time. Maybe with fans, possibly. Um, it, it was. Yeah, it was not a good show. Um, on Monday, and they they failed to reset the deck, and I can understand people being negative about the product. I currently am; it's just not cool. But listen, AEW is picking up where they uh, where WWE was slacking on Monday, on Wednesday alone. Not that this affects the product, but uh, Adam Hopkins, the PR guy for WWE of 25 years, jumping over to AEW, that's pretty cool. As far as the product goes, Nigel McGuinness, a great pickup for them on the on the commentary team, on the announce team. And uh, Jay White, a big name for them to pick up. And uh, we'll see what they do with him. I'm not going to say, oh, what a great... I mean, it is a great signing for AEW. It's more a matter of how they sign him. Or, I'm sorry, how they use him. You and I both felt like he was a slam dunk for WWE. I felt like he could really do well in WWE. I'm very curious when he decided to sign with AEW and if he was ever considering going to WWE because I feel like he just would have done extremely well there. But listen, in light of recent events, maybe he made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I, I feel like he honestly, if he went to WWE, he could easily solve their no heels issue. Yeah, he um, could have, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I really like him. I, I, he's probably one of my favorite people on AEW now, especially since he's just signed. But I just, I don't know what they do with him. Like, I fear he's going to be like, oh, there's other WWE guys that they brought over. Everyone was so giddy about, and then went on to do nothing. So we'll see. Um, I'll hold, I'll hold my thoughts. I, I, like I said, I think it's a good signing. The Nigel one. I mean, we'll see whatever, what even comes out of that. Like, 
is he going to be on Dynamite? Is he going to be on Rampage? Is he going to be on Dark? Like, they just said the newest member of our announced team, but, I mean, he, he did the backstage promo, Tony. It wasn't like he was on commentary. So, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I think Jay White's a good signing, but I, I fear for to see what his booking is going to be like. Yeah, no, I like the Ricky Starks feud, though. I think that's a good first uh, feud for him because both guys could use it. I mean, it's I mean, like you said, Starks beat Jericho twice, and he's feuding with fucking Juice Robinson. But if the idea was for him yeah, to then transition... The thing is, with Starks, I feel like he just beat Jericho, so he should win, but you know, Jay White loses to Starks? No. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Um... We'll see what happens. I mean, Starks, I don't know what really what you do with him beyond this feud, but at least he's not doing anything, or at least he's not doing nothing, so there is that. Um, they also just announced the Wembley show for All In, actually, the return of All In, August 27th. That's awesome. I, I don't. I, I think they're doing All Out. I mean, Anthony Bowens made a comment on Twitter that they're doing All Out as well the following week, so are they having back-to-back pay-per-views, I guess? I mean... It's very odd. Um, I think the Wembley show is cool, though, in London. I feel like that's a major... We're getting two major London shows in the span of a couple of months. That's pretty cool. No, no. I, th- I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised it's not where they own their football team in London. Um, I, I don't think the capacity is really that big there, so maybe... This is even bigger, play. right? Yeah, it should, I mean, it should be a lot bigger. I don't think the grounds that they have for their football teams, like, I don't think it's really big at all. I think it's one of the smaller Premier League uh, facilities, but... No, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I doubt they're going to sell at 90000 I bet you'll be like more of what happened with SummerSlam. They'll probably like do like half the attendance or, or what. But no, I think it's a good start. I agree. Looking forward to that show. Looking forward to the next couple of weeks of AEW and WWE TV. We'll be here to talk about it in the next couple of weeks here on Wrestle Rant Radio. Mr. Marcel, brother, great getting back on the phone again. We'll uh, catch up next week, brother. All right, later. All right, adios.